Welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talks, the podcast where we talk about the magical world of Kidlet from the closed stacks of the library. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 programmers in the Child and Youth Department with a passion for children's literature. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon a specific theme. We will explore books, spoiler free, available at the library in print and digital format, which include audiobooks, picture books, junior fiction, nonfiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. Hi, Laura. Hi, Leanna. How are you? I'm great. Season three, first episode. We're back. Season three, and it feels like the first time I've ever recorded. <laughs> so <laughs> it has certainly been a minute since we were doing up a Juicebox Book Talks episode. Yes. So we are back after a really busy and awesome summer. Yes, We are going from sunny beaches to dreary, darker... Windy days. I know. Windy days. And I love, love it. So if you're a mood reader, we've got some awesome, spooktacular kids' books to talk about today. Yeah. And let's just, shall we just jump right in? Let's do it. Yeah. Perfect. So we did our buddy read this month with J.A. White's Night Books. And this is a creepy tale about a young boy who is quite the horror fanatic. He's really yeah. into scary stories. In fact, he writes his own scary stories. Think like Alan Schwartz's tales, those dark tale, short yeah. story tales. For sure. They're very reminiscent of those scary stories. But Alex is kind of an outcast. He doesn't have very many friends. In fact, the school counselor is worried about him, like to the point where he thinks that there's something like truly wrong with him. And he's sort of regressing. He's not making friends. So the story opens where he's trying to get rid of these books, these short stories that he's written. That yeah, he's written. So he, of course, lives in this kind of creepy, dark apartment building and he's going to the furnace to burn them. Like, right. what a way to start a story. Let's just yeah. go to the basement in the middle of the night. To the boiler room. <laughs> to the boiler room to burn these scary short stories. Right. But Alex gets distracted because one of the rooms in the apartment is playing a horror movie. In yeah. fact, it's Night of the Living Dead. Dead. Yeah. So he's in even into old school horror. Yeah. So he's kind of lured into this apartment and this movie is playing and there's a piece right. of pie sitting there of and right course. away right away you know something is up and he is captured by an evil witch named Natasha yep and he must figure out a way to survive because he's trapped and the only way he can think of is by writing scary stories every night right. to the witch. And sharing those stories that he's already written as well. So, yeah, he has an outlet for those stories all of a sudden. So, which is right. good. Well, it's his, but his survival instincts certainly pick up, like, kick in. Because yeah. he's like, what can I do? And he, he does what he mm -hmm. knows best. He writes scary stories. Yeah. And I loved the way the scary stories are woven into... The plot like they really yep. help push through the plot of the story because he's like in this magical dark creepy place that it, it's not just in an apartment building like it's it becomes this whole other entity because it's magical right. um 
and he meets some other characters along the way. Right. And I, my first note is I love the idea of the stories within a story. So we are all about that. books within books. Yeah, for sure. It's Even great. So. with my regular reading, not just children's reading, mm. I love a book that offers like more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I loved it. And I really thought his short stories really like just added to the creepy flavor and they really they were reminiscent of like Joel Sutherland's Haunted Canada series mm-hmm. like they really felt just they just worked perfectly for sure did you have like what story you stuck out for you the most to me it was the bunk bed story the bunk bed story it really was the bunk bed story that one like got me and you'll have to read it to find it and it kind of comes near the end of the book so it's like and I have to, like, I will admit, like, I didn't, I didn't love the book right away. I was about, like, a good half, halfway, three quarters that I was like, okay, I'm, like, I'm, I'm fully invested now. So, but that bunk bed story, when you get to it, like, that one got me. I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it, that actually is called the top bunk. And I think that's the very last one. Yeah. So. In, in the entire book. Yeah. I enjoyed the lost dog where the white right. dog keeps appearing. Yeah. And, you know, it's sort of a premonition to something. Right bad of course about to happen. Right. <laughs> and there may or may not be a roller coaster involved so yeah anyway this book this book was great i thought it was. it was a it was a solid um a solid read for me i think it's definitely for older middle grade like yep. te- the 10 plus um and i loved the friendships that are formed of course. yeah throughout which it which is like so middle grade it's fantastic so yeah, and like I love that there, you're, when you're reading this story, you kind of enter a rabbit hole of research reading as well, because like we've said, it touches on fairy tales throughout it as well. So you kind of want to go back and read those original fairy tales and just things like that. So yeah, that was my second question. Actually, there we go. had to do with fairy tales and right. folk tales. Was there a fairy tale or folk tale that really stuck out to you in the story? It's the whole Hansel and Gretel thing, right? Because it's like every I feel like every kid always remembers that story and it sticks with them forever like doesn't matter who you are and if i don't know there's the hansel and gretel thing it's just a creepy story to begin with and then you add this to it all you have to read to find out but yeah i love it i love it i think grimm's fairy tales um they're almost like the 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 opening to this world the scary world for kids like they read these at least the old school fairy the original fairy tales not the disney version so Right. And an obvious one that you may have picked up just from our, our brief little discussion is Shahrazad. So mm-hmm. A Thousand and One Nights. Right. Where the queen marries the king in order for him to save all the women because right. he's he's been disgraced. So every night right. he kills his new wife. He marries a new wife <sighs> and he kills her. And the only way that... He, that um, she survives is by writing stories. And this is exactly right. what Alex does yeah. in night books to survive. So yeah. he shows that resilience yep. that I think is fantastic in middle grade. For sure. Of survival. And it was a big hit. And I highly recommend this one. And like, I'm not sure if we mentioned there is a follow-up that just was released this year called yep. Grave Books. Yep. So you have like a two-in-one little combo with this one and there's the netflix movie that i have yet to watch so i'm kind of curious now to watch the movie and see what i think of it compared to the book so yeah i i will always recommend reading a book before watching the movie i did have a chance to watch it with my daughter and we both loved it i do think 
I wouldn't, I won't put an age on it. Like, yeah. I know they're trying to give it, like, a family-friendly, right. um, but I, there's definitely scary stuff in there, and it all depends on the child. Of course. Um, but it was great. Like, visually, it, the book was stunning, and I think that really, um, it like, the cover art of the book really shines through in the series when you are able to watch it. Perfect. In the movie, and it's, um, yeah, it's a real treat. Good. So, so that's our first book, Night Books by J.A. A. White. The first book I'm going to bring to our spooktacular episode is The Girl in the Lake by India Hill Brown. Now, I spoke about one of her other books in a previous episode, and there's a lot of links to both of the books, so I do highly recommend both of them, and India Hill Brown is slowly becoming one of my favorite authors because her books are so great. Okay, so The Girl in the Lake is about a young girl named Celeste, and when the story opens, she has just failed another swimming lesson. And she's really bummed out because swimming is not her forte, and she's quite frankly scared of the water. So it's the beginning of the summer, and her parents decide to send her and her brother to their grandparents' um, their lake, their lake house for the summer, which sounds amazing. So she gets to go there with her cousin. She gets to be with their cousins. She's super excited about it. But when she gets there, weird things start to happen, like creaky noises, all the like the telltale signs of a possible ghost living in this the lake. lake house. Oh. So Celeste is like, what is going on? And then one day there's a vision in a mirror looking back at her. And that I'll tell you, you got me at mirror. Like that's, I'm in for it. So she's trying to talk, talk to her grandmother about it. And she's, her grandmother is being a little bit like dismissive. She's like, it's no big deal. The house is just breathing. Like what, what, what does that mean? So Celeste is getting, she's getting creeped out. And she slowly learns about the history of her family and, in fact, this ghost that is present in the lake house. Now, because we don't talk about spoilers here, I can't get too far into the, more into the story. But I will say India Hill Brown does a phenomenal job not only telling this story, but weaving in history within the story to talk about Celeste and her family, like her grandparents. And... What she did with a previous, her previous book, which had to do with segregated cemeteries, this one delves into segregated pools, which I thought was such a neat oh, way to bring yeah. that history to For life sure. in a creepy yeah. story. Like it yeah. was just, I thought it was really, really well told. She gets into... Um, the history of segregated pools. She talks about like right in the beginning of the story about like Dorothy um, Danbridge, right, and her history with being like a black actress in Hollywood right. and not being allowed to swim in like a Vegas pool, like that yeah. that sort of history. Um, this story is really about facing fears because, like I said, Celeste is so scared of swimming. Um, and it, it ties into the author's own experiences. She talks about her own experiences. Like, she doesn't even know how to swim. She doesn't know how to even swim yet. And she ties that in to the fact that her family, gen like, generations of her family weren't allowed in public pools. So right. how can you learn how to swim 
if you don't have a pool to go to, if yeah, you don't have a sure. pool to go to. So yeah. I thought it was it was brilliant. The cre- it's not too creepy. Like this is one that I would certainly give to an eight or a nine year old. Yep. It's not going to keep them up late at night. Yep. The the chills are they're pretty mo- they're moderate. Don't let the, the like the cover is terrifying. <laughs> it's got a really creepy cover, but the actual story it's just rich with so much history and substance. I really enjoyed this one, um, and I have to mention that I did listen to it on I audio. Was say I'm like who was the narrator, Leanna? <gasps> Our beloved Bonnie, Bonnie Turpin, Turpin narrated oh. it, and it was brilliant. I really enjoyed this one. It's The Girl in the Lake by India Hill Brown. I'm here with my emergent pick for the month, which is, actually it's a series, and it's called the Nightmare Club series. It is written, and I say written loosely, by 12-year-old Annie Graves and illustrated by Glenn McKelney. Um, it's an Irish duo. But I'm going to read you the description about the, the author bio for Annie Graves because I think it's all like a whole tongue-in-cheek thing. Annie Graves is 12 years old and she has no intention of ever growing up. She's conveniently an orphan and lives at an undisclosed address in an area of Dublin, Ireland with her pet toad, much misunderstood, and a small black kitten. So this is just how her bio goes. So clearly it's like a tongue-in-cheek thing with a publisher. Anyway, it's a great little series. There are eight books in the series. Um, we have four in our collection and the... the you can get all eight of them on Hoopla, which is fantastic because you can download them. There's no wait. You can just grab all eight if you wanted to. Um, the first book is called A Dog's Breakfast, and it's a story about a boy named Glenn. Not the same Glenn who's the illustrator, I don't think. Glenn is an annoying child that nobody in his class seems to like because he's always complaining. The class takes a field trip to the woods. Glenn wanders off the path. He hears mysterious voices. Dun, dun, dun. Like, leave it at that. I'm not going to tell you anything more. What I love about this book and the series is that it's a simple but impactful and kind of creepy um, short story. Like the, it's not a short story. I shouldn't say that. Like, the books are under 50 pages. Um, they have like a paragraph, maybe two per page, maybe even like three sentences. That's what I love about the fact that it's it's great for like your emergent reader. It's great for someone who's a reluctant reader who doesn't enjoy looking at a chapter book and feels overwhelmed by it. This is a perfect little book to grab. Um, it's great because it's just a little bit spooky. So it's not going to terrify you. It's just a perfect little quick read. Uh, it's amazing like the illustrations are simple sketches black and white sketches that are kind of creepy and perfect for the book and there's illustrations throughout um that's what i love about this there's a lot of white space on those pages that every page you turn to you're not seeing a lot of font you're not seeing a whole lot of other stuff you're seeing a little illustration perfect for kids to read um like i said they're under 50 pages and they're just the perfect book for anyone to grab like at any stage of the reading journey any just to grab as a quick little read to like have for kids or handy little book that is the nightmare club series by annie graves quote quote and illustrated by glenn mckelney those sound great you said there's eight in the series there's eight that are on, available on Hoopla. I, but I, I did find, like, I thought I found 11 online, but there's only eight on Hoopla, so I don't know. Okay. But, yeah. Sounds so. super fun. They have, like, a eerie elementary feel. Yes. Do they compare to that series? For sure, but, like, in a smaller scale, so. So you'd, you'd hand, though, if anyone was interested in, or, like, yeah. eerie elementary, they could possibly. Yeah. yeah, they're great. So, yeah. Great. My second middle grade is Kenneth Opal's brand new book, Ghostlight. And this one really doesn't need much of a setup. I'm just going to read you the first line in this book and tell you tell me what you think of it. Chapter one. 
Rebecca Strand was 16 the first time she saw her father kill a ghost. Yikes. Are you picking it up? Are See, you this continuing? Is why, this is why I find these books and I hand them to you. This is like catnip to me. Yeah. I read that first line and I was like, Kenneth Opal, you're staying with me for like the entire night and we're going to finish this book because it was absolutely yeah. brilliant. It looks really good. Like this is when I was like, oh, you need to read this one and then I'll do it after. So, yeah. This one is excellent and it sort of hovers, you know, older middle grade young YA like mm. it's so good like it's yeah. so well written and there's so much going on I really loved it so here here's what it's about so we've got Gabe he works in Toronto at the G Gibraltar lighthouse and he does these ghost tours for tourists so every day people come and he does a little ghost tour talking about you guessed it Rebecca Strand until one day guess who he some unknowingly summons Rebecca Strand and she's a ghost obviously because she's from like the 1800s but she needs help she needs help with an evil entity called Viker oh. and he is so like he was like plucked from like a Philip Pullman book like he mm. reminded me so much of um the book of dust the bat right. the bat the the evilness in the book of dust it was very very philip pullman um so the two of them get together with one of his co-workers at the lighthouse and a ghost blogger named callie and the four of them they just make this incredible team trying to fight this viker and viker is like it's creepy guys like we're talking like he eats ghosts like that's his Bears. thing that's how he's become so powerful is the fact that he eats ghosts and like gets Takes all their of their strength. energy Ugh. and Rebecca Strand's coming back because he's getting so strong that she needs they need to defeat him because he's one day going to get so strong that he's able to eat real people Ugh. like into the living so creep factor five out of five right but so smart and so well done this is so rich in history like there's Canadian history that I did not know and mm -hmm. I'm not embarrassed to say that although yes I am even though I just said it let's edit that but anyway <laughs> there's a lot of Canadian history in here but it's inter it's interesting and it's set in Toronto and you just can immerse yourself in that Toronto setting we're not in New York City no. we're not in the UK we're in Toronto and that's right. super cool let's 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 talk about Toronto yeah um, so I love that. It was action from like the first line and like it never slowed down. The characters are all so funny and likable. And I love the fact that they're fighting, like they're working together to fight this evil entity. It really shows friendship, um, like strong friendships. Family is a strong theme as well. It's definitely like it's a middle grade ghost story, but it has like a YA main character, mm -hmm. which I think is one of the reasons why it's so smart and it just feels so sophisticated, yeah. if that makes sense. I, some of my notes had like um, some of the lines in it and they describe, one of the things that like really made my skin crawl was how they describe Viker as having eyes like sinkholes. Oh. Cause honestly, what is creepier than a sinkhole? Like, yeah. but eyes like sinkholes, that was like absolutely br brilliant. This is like Kenneth Opal at his best. It's creative, it's fast paced, the world building is great. And like I mentioned, those historical references 
to Canadian content was interesting. And yeah. I just love to put this into so many readers' hands because I think they would really enjoy this story. That's Ghostlight by Kenneth Opal. My last book and I'm back with is a picture book. But actually what I love about this is it's not just a picture book. It's also nonfiction. It's part of the Lonely Kids, sorry, Lonely Planet Kids series. It is the Atlas of Monsters and Ghosts. So what I love about this is it's perfect for kids who love facts and they want to learn and know about things. And if they're into like spooky stuff like monsters and ghosts, this is the perfect book to pick up because you're going to not only like learn about these ghosts, but you're also going to learn about history. What I also love about this book is that it's um, it's geographically um, based. So each each section of the book is broken down in terms of like a part of the world. So bonus, like they're learning about ghosts and monsters, they're learning about history, they're learning about geography. Like it's a great book. Um, it's just perfect. The colors and illustrations, which are, I, should, I totally didn't mention that. The book is by, sorry, the, the text is by Fred, uh, Federica Mag Magrin and illustrated by Laura Brenlo. Brenla? Oh my God, I'm doing terrible with the names. I'm really sorry about that. I'm oh, sorry again, Federica. Magreen and illustrated by Laura Brenla. There we go. Laura, good name. There we go. Like I said, the colors and illustrations are amazingly vibrant and they just add so much content to the book. And the like the font, I'm all about the font. I love a good font. The font used throughout is perfect as well. It's just it's brilliant. The end papers, everything. Um, like I said, like the book is divided into sections of the world. So you learn about like things in Europe, like uh, like, Loch, like Loch Ness Monster, or if you're looking at North America, Ogopogo, um, there's things in New Orleans you're going to learn about. There's stuff about gremlins, so like some fictional and like non-fictional like ghosts and monsters like throughout history. Um, I just, I learned so many things while reading this book and it really just makes me want to grab my passport and like go do some monster and ghost hunting all over the world. So it's a great book, especially, like I said, if you have a kid who loves information and this is a great time of the year, if they're into like the monsters and ghosts and stuff, pick up this book. It is The Atlas of Monsters and Ghosts by Federica Magrin and illustrations by Laura Brenla. I love that you have brought a nonfiction book yeah, for about... Sure about ghosts and, and monsters. monsters right like that is brilliant yeah. the other thing i noticed is that most of our books today and this was not planned are about history there's yeah. a lot of history yep. that can be gleaned from all these spooky tales mm -hmm. and we didn't really plan that in no. any way yeah. but i'm noticing a trend with these lots of rabbit holes you're gonna go down just yes saying. i love so, that yeah for sure that's great great pick Let's end the episode with some further recommendations hot off the shelves. For sure. I found a great, a couple of great new ones. Um, if you have an emergent reader, this one's definitely not a scary one. It's a new series just come out. It is called Crimson Twill. The first book is called Witch in the City. It's written by um, the lovely Callie George, Canadian author. She writes all kinds of um, like middle, like the early chapter books, lots of great picture books. And this one's illustrated by Brigitte Sif. It looks really cute, especially if you're into witches. I don't think it's necessarily scary, but it's a great cover. It's amazing. So Crimson Twill, Witch in the City. My other one that I found, which just came in literally, and I'm kind of bound I didn't get to read it for the episode, but whatever. It's a new series by Lisey Harrison, illustrated by Daniel Krause. It's Graveyard Girls is the series. This is book one, and the book is called One, Two, Three, Four, I Declare a Thumb War great cover. It looks so good. Yeah. Okay. And I've got 
a book of short stories that is very reminiscent of scary stories to tell in the dark. This is Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires by Ben Acker. Highly recommend if you have anyone interested in short stories. There's also Colin Malloy, who hmm. I just know him as the Decemberist singer. He right. has Idlewild series. Yes. He has another series, like a fantasy middle yeah. grade series. He has come out with The Stars Did Wander Darkling, which I actually did read in Laura's about. I'm reading now. Yeah. So this one's great, set in the 80s. Yes. I got some Small Spaces vibes when I listened to it. Yep. Um, really creepy it's a great dark tale definitely check that Mm -hmm. one out and Kirsten White of course like all YA and adult authors she is writing middle grade now of course why wouldn't you and fantastic she came out with Wretched Water Park which is a fun read very whimsical reminded me a lot of like a Lemony Snicket series yeah with um three siblings who find themselves with an aunt. They're kind of orphaned. They don't know where their parents are. They don't even know how they got to their aunt Sophronia's residence. But their aunt knows nothing about kids. She has to take care of them. So she sends them to a water park that is creepy as heck. Because there you go. Why wouldn't you? Why not? Let's go to a, a creepy yeah. water park where people are disappearing. Yay! It's wonderful. That's Wretched Water Park by Kirsten White. Amazing. We hope you, like, have a great October. And, of course, like, read spooky books any time of the year. It doesn't matter if it's Halloween or not. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles. All of the books discussed in this episode are available in print and digital format on either Libby or Hoopla. Please visit brantfordlibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other great programs. Juicebox Book Talks is edited by us with music courtesy of purple-planet.com.